ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Anthony Siciliano. Andrew Siciliano. I have a man crush on one Andrew Siciliano. Hey, hi. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. If they had won, would Steve Wilkes still be the DC today? Um, I think there's a strong chance that Kyle makes a change anyway. Today's guests Pro Football Focus Analyst Brad Spielberger. ESPN NBA reporter Dave McMenamin, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, and now sitting in for Rich, it's Andrew Siciliano. Because, hey everybody, it's the weekend. It is almost the weekend. Uh, actually, do we call this the weekend on a Friday? Sure. Yeah, because it's a holiday weekend. Right. It's President's Day weekend, right? Right. I'm the guy that never remembers Things like President's Day weekend or other holiday celebration weekends. Regardless, uh, we're happy that you're here on a weekend broadcast of the Rich Eisen Show. I am Andrew, and I am in for Rich today, who is back on Monday, hopefully feeling better. I'm told he is feeling spry and and already uh, back at it. Uh, Coming up a little bit later, Bucky Brooks, my good friend from NFL Network, has his player rankings, player rankings on um, and up on NFL.com. For every position in the draft, Bucky Brooks is a Tar Heel. I should tell you this an hour in advance of his appearance. He played for Mac Brown during the first Mac Brown administration in Chapel Hill. You're going to be surprised where he has Drake May. You're going to be surprised. Bucky coming up in an hour. Also coming up later, Jason Kelsey responds To a kid in Dallas who says, give me back my mask. (laughs) Give me back my mask. The headline I never knew I needed. Yes. In the most local (laughs) news story of all time. That is Chris Brockman. Good day to you. What's up, Andrew? Mike Del Tufo. It is a pleasure to see you on a Friday. Always, Andrew. TJ Jefferson. It is always a pleasure to see you. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge, acknowledge me. Roman. <laughs> also coming up in about 20 minutes, friend of the program, Dave McMiniman from ESPN Live from NBA All-Star Weekend. Right now as we speak, the rookies, the future whatevers are on the are on the court practicing. The future whatever. The future, future whatever. <laughs> we opened the show an hour ago with breaking news from the National Football League. Our friend Ian Rappaport at NFL Network reports that Jimmy Garoppolo has been suspended for two games. For violation of PED policy. Don't know what it was he allegedly took, but he's been suspended. Which means there are salary cap implications. There's only one person to speak to when it comes to salary cap implications and free agency. His top 150, I believe, is up on PFF right now. Pro Football Focus of the would-be free agents beginning March 13th and the beginning of the new league year. Brad Spielberger on the Rich Eisen Show. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, it's not good for Jimmy Garoppolo today, however. So a two-game suspension, which means the Raiders can void some guaranteed money. Brad, how much is this two-game suspension going to cost Jimmy Garoppolo? It's massive. A little bit over $11 million. $11 because- million dollars for a two-game suspension. Yep, because there, there is contract language that if he fails you know, the PED testing uh, and that is suspended for that reason, they can then void these guarantees. They obviously were going to move on this offseason regardless uh, and, and avoid another $11.25 million payment in a roster bonus. So, yeah, what, what could have been uh, 22 and a half mil is going to be zero. Okay, 
so that's expensive. I I hope he had a note. Well, clearly he didn't have a note from the doctor. If he had a doctor tell him that it would be okay, that would be a fascinating legal battle. But we'll save that for another time. He is not on your top 150 because he was still under contract. Brad, where would Jimmy Garoppolo go on your top 150 now that, as Ian says, he's going to get cut because they're out of the guarantees? Yeah, we probably will get some cap casualties on there in the near future. Chuck core for in Pittsburgh might hop on there in the next update. Um, I mean, look, it's actually a pretty good class at quarterback, which is a very rare thing to say. Uh, you have Kirk Cousins, your Gardner Minshews, your Baker Mayfields, your Ryan Tannehill's. So maybe he's in that range, QB five, QB six. But, you know, I like Jacoby Brissett, some of the other options as well. Not even that high for a guy that's been a starter for a very long right. time. All right. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to slide his way onto the top 150, which you can find right now on PFF. Before we dive into the top 150, and by the way, Chris Jones is number one, the Chiefs defensive tackle who played on that reworked one-year deal and hit a lot of those incentives, including a million for making it to Vegas with the Chiefs and making it to the Super Bowl. Yesterday, Cody Whitehair, Eddie Jackson out. A couple of days ago, the Steelers started making their cuts. Who are some other notable names? And and we realize that, Brad, the combine is coming up in two weeks, and sometimes agents and GMs can sit down and rework deals. But who else could be a big-name cap casualty? Yeah, I think some big names that are also interesting because of potential draft implications. Like One that jumps out to me is with the Arizona Cardinals and DJ Humphreys did tear his ACL at the very end of the season. Not why I'm saying that. Also think just with the Paris Johnson selection last year, his play kind of fallen off a little bit on, on a third deal. Maybe he was a name. And now if they do move on, do they, I know everyone thinks Marvin Harrison Jr., but maybe they go out and get a Joe Alt, get an Olu Fashanu, go a different direction. So he's interesting to me. The running backs are always going to be interesting. You know, we talked Joe Mixon pre show in Cincinnati. Uh, maybe it's a pay cut, not just a straight out cut like we saw with Aaron Jones the last couple of years with Mixon himself. Um, but but those running backs are always interesting. And then, of course, the other quarterback, we're all waiting for the domino to fall and with Russell Wilson in Denver. Seems like the writing's on the wall. They obviously have the whole back and forth and and the debate, uh, you know, speaking of grievances and legal battles mm-hmm. uh, and all that. Uh, I think he is still the name to watch. Uh, before March 13th in Denver. All right. There's also David Bakhtiari. His number is like 20, but the question with him is, can he still play? Does he have to retire? Does he just go and play with Aaron Rodgers? Do the Jets even want him? But what about, and this one's interesting because he got paid two years ago, coming off an injury. What about Michael Gallup? Yeah, he's a very interesting one. They go out and make the trade for Brandon Cooks. Like you say, he did get paid on that torn ACL. And I actually love the thought process there, the idea of, you know, take care of a homegrown guy that had been a very good player, a good deep threat, good body control, you know, and footwork near the sideline. You just haven't seen that same explosiveness from him. Um, So, again, a guy for me where I think maybe it's just a, hey, we'll give you a pay cut. We want you to rehab in our building and build up your strength in our building. And they're not great at receiver. Like, I love Brandon Cooks, but he's now more of a number three. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb is. CD Lamb, but yeah, he is a guy that I'm sure when you look, when you got to pay Dak Prescott 50 plus, CD Lamb maybe 30 plus. Uh, next offseason, Micah Parsons might be the first 40 million per year defensive player in NFL history. Um, every everyone else is on notice. 9.5 is what the post June one cut would be for Michael Gallup. Right now, he has like a top five cap hit at wide receiver, considering. Um, they're about to bust into the big money part of that deal. There's also the interesting Nick Chubb situation because Nick and I had this conversation back in August 
Um, his cap number this year is going to be like 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that neighborhood. And I said, Nick, have you thought about this? You're going to be like 27 next year. If you have another 1,500-yard season, you're a fascinating test case. What do you do? Because you, you'll still be at the top of your game. However, your age will be getting up there and your number will be getting up there. And he nodded like he knew where I was going. Yes, he had thought about it. But then the catastrophic injury week two. The Browns have said that they will try to do everything to keep Nick Chubb there. It just don't know what that will look like because you can't pay a guy coming off that injury 15 million. But he means so much to your locker room and to your city. Um, but I digress. All right, Brad Spielberger, PFF. Let's get to your top 150. Chris Jones, seemingly, and he's number one on your list, was on stage Wednesday um, agreeing to a three-year deal. Not really, but he said he's not going anywhere. His agent, all the while, is tweeting beer emojis saying, cut these guys off and get them off stage. Yeah, reminds me of uh, Mike Evans, I think, offering to take a pay cut on the middle of a, a boat ride when Tom Brady was drinking some tequila in the background. So, right. yeah, never the never the favorite day of the agent. Look, I mean, I think he is clearly looking to become one of the highest paid players at this position. But last offseason, at least in my eyes, a little bit underwhelming. You know, guys like Quentin Williams and, and all the players, Jeffrey Simmons, Dexter Lawrence, got good deals, no question. But you still have Aaron Donald way up there above $30 million per year. And, yes, he's Aaron Donald. He's in rarefied air. Um, but I thought that gap would be kind of, you know, met closer to the middle. And then Chris Jones probably wants $27, $28, 29000000 million a year. For my money, he's worth it. I know he's 29, going to be 30, but you saw this past year. He's lining up as a like stand-up seven-tech outside linebacker and winning and getting the edge against good tackles. He, he is still, in my eyes, one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL, and I think there's still good football in there for a couple more years. Well, let, let's go down your list here and, and, and try to figure out where there's actual movement because, Brad, you and I know that you know when we get to the 11th, that Monday when the window opens – Tags will be used, and a lot of these guys won't have the ability to actually move. So after Chris Jones, there's Kirk Cousins. He's going to hit free agency. Do we think he actually goes anywhere? I'm starting to lean towards as a possibility. I think what really? Minnesota does at 11 is interesting. Can they trade up in the, you know, that top five, top six range, get the the fourth quarterback we think off the board. Um, I think Atlanta's interesting. I think Denver's interesting. You know, maybe a Las Vegas now. Like, I just think there might be enough suitors that entice him to leave, but uh, I'm sure he'd love to stay. And I'm sure Kevin O'Connell would love to have him back. All right. So in Jacksonville, they've already said Trent Baalke said a couple of weeks ago that they're going to tag Josh, Josh Allen. So he's third on your list. He's not going anywhere. T. Higgins, they got to pay Jamar. I mean, they can't pay him both, right? T. Higgins is gone, isn't he? I think he'll get tagged, but there's a, there's an outside chance that the tag and trade more likely play on the tag. You know, kind of Jesse Bates route, and then see where it goes from there. Brian Burns at five. I think that's a very interesting tag and trade. I think you and I get to Indy in a week, and we're going to hear a lot of scuttlebutt about you know our team's going to try to pry by Brian Burns away from the Carolina Panthers this offseason. Justin Matabuike had a huge season in Baltimore. Can they pay him? They can, but they have so many massive contracts. And also that entire defense has so many good players you know, coming up for new deals. Both the edge rushers they added in August and Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy. Obviously, Patrick Queen, I think, becomes a top 10, maybe top five paid linebacker in the NFL. Geno Stone led the NFL interceptions for a long time this season. So I think they are going to bring Matt BK back on a big number, probably 20 plus million per year. Um, but he might be the only one they can they can afford. Christian Wilkins isn't getting out of the building in Miami. I, I doubt can't it, see that. 
Yeah, me neither. But yeah, Robert Hunt, him, Connor Williams, they, they are uh, getting expensive there in Miami. They are. All right. So he's seven. Antoine Winfield is an interesting one because he was a second round pick. So he's hitting free agency earlier. Also because, Brad, the last couple of years, and you mentioned Jesse Bates, he got a nice deal. But generally speaking, safeties don't get paid. They, 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 they don't get the huge deals. So what do the Bucks do? I can't imagine they let Antoine Winfield go scot-free. No, it's a great shout. It, it is a position that it's tough to do well in free agency, except for yeah, the occasional Jesse Bates deals. I think Winfield comes back on a franchise tag, but I also think Tristan Wirfs probably becomes the highest paid tackle in the entire NFL, you know, in NFL history this offseason by a comfortable margin, if I had to guess. Um, so I think it's a tag and probably want to get a deal done, but you know, he, he is repped by the guy that reps pretty much every top safety in the NFL, including Jesse Bates. Um, it's not going to be an easy conversation because he was remarkable this past season. Good ball skills, good down in the box, good against the run. I think you're looking at a top of market deal and maybe a tag is, is how 2024 goes. All right. Then we get to the corners here at nine and 10. Um, this is Brad Spielberger's list, PFF, top 150 free agents and free agency. The window opens on the 11th, and then the deals can be done on the 13th. It is a really good year for corners in the at least the top half of the draft. Wiggins, Arnold, Mitchell, take your pick here. There are others as well. You have corners at 9 and 10. You have Jalen Johnson from the Bears at 9 and Legereus Sneed from the Chiefs, who we just saw put on a virtuoso performance down the stretch in the postseason. At 10. Legereus Sneed has already said, like, pay me. I want to get paid. And you have to factor him and Chris Jones together here, right? How do they work this in Kansas City? Jalen Johnson at nine has made it clear going back to last year in camp that he wants a new deal. But Brad, there are others who turn on the tape and say that Jalen talks a bigger game than he plays. The Bears have a good young secondary. Do they pay Jalen Johnson? And I think you you saw they feel that way to a degree, at least with how, you know, going to the deadline, letting him talk to other mm-hmm. teams. Obviously, they didn't make a move. And Ryan Poles came out and said he wanted a late first, early second, you know, a pick that gets him a player of that caliber, which didn't come about. So I think it's a franchise tag. And, and he I think Johnson himself recently said on the radio in Chicago he wants to be the highest paid corner in the NFL. I'm not sure the Bears uh, view him in the same market. I don't so think they do. That, yeah, I'm with you. So that one's going to be fascinating. And then Legereus Sneed, to me, is a fundamental Chiefs philosophical question where, I mean, look at the guy they just played in Charvarius Ward. He was in the same situation a couple of years ago in Kansas City, but they drafted a guy named Legereus Sneed. So now you draft drafted Josh Williams, Trent McDuffie, Chamari Connor, who played some safety this year. Like, that's what they do. They churn these day three, late day two uh, defensive back picks. And, and I, I think they want Sneed back, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. I'm not going to go through your whole list because there are 150 names, but number 11, because we did the top 10. Number 11 to me is really interesting. And I talked to him last week as well. That's Michael Pittman of the Colts, who has come on. I mean, he, he put up a season this past year, and he's a second-round pick. And he still has that second-round pick chip on his shoulder, understandably. All of them do. But he put up a, a season that is up there with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, his coach, and T.Y. Hilton when it comes to Chiefs all-time history at that position. And the wide receiver position, Mike Evans probably doesn't go anywhere. Like, is Stephon Diggs cut loose? He's older. Justin Jefferson is going to get a deal. You'd have to think this offseason. Regardless, he can't walk. Where does Michael Pittman fit in all of this? 
I think he's viewed kind of just that tier below. You mentioned the second round draft pedigree. He also didn't test very well. And it's interesting because, okay, he still gets a hundred catches and a thousand yards seemingly every year, but he has a fascinating profile. He's this ex receiver outside guy with an average depth of target, like nine yards beyond the line of scrimmage. It's just not really a profile we see very often, but almost never drops the football, extremely sure-handed, big catch radius. And this past year, you saw better after the catch, making players miss in space. I don't think he's viewed in that like tier one receiver echelon, but just like right below those guys. I still think his deal probably starts with the two. Um, I just don't know if he gets in like the DK Metcalf, you know, Debo Samuel, you know, 22, 23, 24 million per year. We all saw last year, but I don't know. At the same time, two guys you mentioned, Justin Jefferson, CD lamb. You got Brandon. Ayuk. like that market went down last year. I think it's going to be uh, trending positive again this year. Right. But the other guys here that, that could truly be free T Higgins might stay. I mean, Hollywood Brown, I'm, I'm sorry, he's not going to get that kind of money. He's not a one. And then you're looking around for names. Do you want to be in the Calvin Ridley business? As you point out, that is a true one-and-done deal there in Jacksonville. They trade a, they, they gave up draft capital. You know, he was hit or miss. I mean, he was either big game or, or, or totally on the side of a milk carton this year. Does somebody get in the Calvin Ridley business? Do, you know, like, it's fascinating. And there will be other names here. Other guys will get cut, like Michael Gallup we mentioned. I don't know that he is going to get cut, but, um, you know, I went to the combine a couple of years ago certain that Amari Cooper was going to get cut. He didn't, right? He, he hung around another year, and then the Cowboys flipped him to the Browns, and the Browns are thrilled that they have him. Um, there are so many moves that happen in the back of steakhouses, in Indianapolis, coming up in two weeks, and we are all here for it. In the meantime, uh, go to PFF.com and check out Brad Spielberger and his great crew, um, the top 150 for NFL free agents. We haven't even hit Derrick Henry. Like, Brad, real quick before I let you go. Brad, uh, Derrick Henry almost went to Baltimore at the deadline last year. They have J.K. Dobbins coming off of another major injury who wanted to get paid last year. He didn't. And then the injury right out of the gate in September. Do they have money for Derrick Henry? Is Derrick Henry a cowboy? Like play the game. What do you it think? It could be fascinating because they also have Gus Edwards is now a pending free agent. You mentioned Dobbins, a pending free agent. Uh, they could find a way. You know, we said you let a lot of those defensive players go and hope uh, the new defensive staff can just get everything out of the guys they currently have. But Adding that rushing element, like imagine zone read with Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry and what defenses are supposed to do to try to defend that duo. Good good luck to those defenses. Yeah, good luck. And good luck to everyone for free agency. Brad, travel safely. Feel better from Vegas. It's it's finally, I know, we're all getting back to health. Uh, I will see you in Indy, sir. Sounds great. You too. Brad Spielberger, everybody. Speaking of Indianapolis, uh, what a couple of weeks they have this weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend. The great Dave McMiniman from ESPN, from Indy, coming up next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When was the first time you met Jordan? When was the first time you met him, shook his hand, covered him, or something like that? Yeah, the first time I met him was at that Midsummer Night's Dream game out there in L.A. Mm-hmm. And we just had, there were all, you know, that was, a, that was a time where guys would play in these all-star games during the summer, and it was a real game. You know, it wasn't like they were out there like Globetrotters or something. They actually really were playing with egos involved. So that was the first time I had met him then, and we just sort of met after the game, talked and exchanged phone numbers, and so the rest in terms of how our, our relationship developed, it developed from that. Well, I mean, if there's one thing that it, anybody learned from this documentary is that anything that Jordan ever played in wasn't just a regular game, right? I mean, that was a real, no, uh, you know, that's one thing that, and, <laughs> that that I'm sure if anybody needed to be introduced to Jordan, and there's a whole there's a whole generation that, that did, they, they just learned that. Did you learn anything from The Last Dance, Ahmad Rashad? No, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I didn't because I think, you know, it's like you said when you introduced me, I had a catbird seat to all of it. And it was one of those uh, different sort of, I've never sort of been in a situation where I had sort of free access to the locker room, you know, to the training room, to their buses, to, I was just there. So I got a chance to see a lot of those things. I was glad that people got a chance to see the human side of Michael and you see how much, how competitive he was and how demanding he was. And I think what I what I take from that is, if you think Larry Bird wasn't like that, and if you think Magic Johnson wasn't like that, then you're not really thinking the right way. So it wasn't just Michael that was just, a, you know, win at all costs, put your foot on the guy's neck kind of thing. All these guys were able to do that, but Michael, what separated him was his athletic ability was way above anybody's at that point. On the Rich Eisen Show, coming back in on the Roku channel, Andrew Siciliano sitting in for Rich on the Roku channel. Conversation there, Rich and Ahmad Rashad telling Michael Jordan stories back in the day in the 90s when yours truly was a very, 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 very young reporter covering those Chicago Bulls championships five and six. Michael Jordan used to drive from the north suburbs and swing by Michigan Avenue and pick up Ahmad Rashad at his Miracle Mile Hotel and then carpool to the United Center. True story. Uh, We're at the Rich Eisen Show desk. 
It is furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. There are reporters who cover the NBA and know the NBA. And then there is Dave McMiniman because he, he is above them all. And not just because he went to Syracuse he's an and he's man. celebrating the victory over North Carolina a couple of nights ago, but because he's on the phone and he's joining us live after, um, I believe, the rookie practice live in Indianapolis, the center of the sports world, the next couple of weeks, ESPN's number one reporter and, and number one fantastic beard, Dave McMiniman. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Andrew, did you pick up Brockman on your way to the studio in your Ferrari? Just like yes, yes. back in the day, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. No, I, uh, Dave, I drove in my electric vehicle from the South Bay, and <laughs> and Chris drove from the Valley uh, with a car seat in the back seat. I'm assuming, and and yep. and uh, we did not pick each other. You want to do this another time, though? We can. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We we might go to Riviera though. After this, Dave, it's a shame you're not in oh, town. Yeah, together uh, but separate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Dave McMinniman, how is Indy as an all-star town? It's uh, you know, it's a great walkable city, yeah. and so in just in terms of like trying to get to the logistics of event to event, definitely two thumbs up. A little colder than many of the people here would like, but suck it up. You know, <laughs> there's 30 NBA teams are going to be in some cold cities every once in a while. I'm just hoping that Sunday can be better than Sunday was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the All Star Game was an absolute joke in Salt Lake City to cap a pretty good weekend. And I, I hope, from Adam Silver's comments, certainly it was identified by the league that it needs to be better. I hope the Players Association and really the player leaders take that to heart and we get a little bit more of that competitive edge, kind of what we heard in that, that promo spot, Rashad talking to Rich about MJ back in the day. The player prize what's going to change the All-Star game. Uh, and you don't have to like treat it like Game 7 of the NBA Finals, but also don't treat it like you know Game 4 of the preseason. You said you hope. I think we all hope. But do you think it actually will be better? And if so, by you know, put a number on it. I mean, is it 10% better? I mean, we're not, as you said, going to see Game 7. That's not going to... Game Seven's not walking through that door. But what does walk through that door? I, I think you need to have some semblance of we're going to shelf the idea of we're not going to play hard till the fourth quarter. Uh, you can't go through three quarters and then expect everybody just to flip the switch. Now, okay, are you going to be closing out on a guy and, and potentially have your foot you know, be below them when they land on a three-point shot? No. Like, but also, at the same time, let's not just play Olay defense and just allow everything be a traipse to the the lane for a wide open dunk or a wide open kick out for three. Like take some pride in the product, and again, it will, it will come down to the players. Like, there was a reason why when Michael Jordan was the best player in the league, uh, the games looked a certain way. When Kobe was the best player in the league, the games looked a certain way. Guess what? Where LeBron, KD, and Steph are, they are beyond the point of needing to be the. They are still the faces of the game. But you know, we're talking about guys in year 17 and 18 and 21. It shouldn't be their responsibility to be the you know the guys who set the tenor. I need guys like Nikola Jokic and Giannis and Luka Doncic, them to be the guys who set the standard of what this game should be. Hey, you mentioned LeBron there talking to Dave McMinman from ESPN Live from Indy here on the phone as we are into All-Star Weekend for the NBA. 
Dave, you know the Lakers as well as anyone that we could get on this show. How would you, at the break here, with the Lakers sitting in ninth in the West, how would you characterize the relationship between LeBron and the Lakers? It's a business relationship. LeBron coming to Los Angeles, it was always a bit of a mercenary role. He was coming to be able to live his overall 360 life for him and his family and his business interests and align them all with a competitive basketball atmosphere. And he was taking a team that had missed the postseason for six straight years and was kind of wandering out in the desert, uh, leading them back towards the oasis. He's already had a championship. He's had several postseason appearances in his time in L.A., his goal is to be able to play competitive basketball for the rest of his days in the NBA. Uh, that generally aligns with what the Lakers' uh, goal is. Uh, the the push-pull will be, will the Lakers continue to be willing to put all their assets to the center of the table to make the team as competitive as possible in the time that LeBron James is in uniform? If LeBron starts to get the hint that that may not be the case, and I'm not saying that won't be the case. You know, I've reported that the Lakers have, even though they didn't do anything as a trade deadline, they were very much looking forward to the possibility of what they could acquire this summer, armed with three first-round draft picks, armed with uh, medical contracts, and also uh, swaps, draft swaps going forward. Can that get you a player of the ilk of a Donovan Mitchell, a Trey Young, a Mikael Bridges? If the Lakers show that, um, they are committed to do that while LeBron's still in uniform. There's no reason why LeBron won't retire with the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. Um, your colleagues at ESPN um, had that wild Warriors called about LeBron story at the deadline. Did did he even, from what you know, begin to entertain that? Did it ever get to him? By my understanding, it did get to him. And in the same breath, but my understanding, there was no entertaining other than maybe a bit of flattery uh, that, you know, the guy who was, you look back at LeBron's career, it's really been shaped by, by two players when it comes to NBA Finals. It's Tim Duncan and Steph Curry. So uh, one of the, the two guys, the principal nemesis is nemesis. <laughs> that, that I've heard it both ways. <laughs> Would want to team up with him. Uh, you know, that's a, a, a bit of like, you know, that's a nice little ego boost, right? Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, quite frankly, in my opinion, it never should have gotten to the point where it did, you know, included in that story from Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski was the tidbit that Daryl Morey called about trying to trade for LeBron and Rob Palinka, who took the call in that instance, said, uh, yeah, we can talk if Joel Embiid's available, which immediately stops the conversation when the conversation happened between Joe Lacob, the Warriors principal governor and Jeannie Buss, the Lakers principal governor, Jeannie's response was, Oh, you should probably talk to LeBron's agent. What Jeannie should have said is Steph Curry available. And then it would have stopped there. Right. Um, Clay Thompson might be available talking to Dave McMiniman, uh, Clay moving to the bench. Obviously um, we're all, Close with Clay's dad. I used to work with him every day. The great Michael Thompson, Laker broadcaster. Um, remember when Clay was a kid coming into the 710 ESPN studios downtown in Los Angeles, and now here he is, um, champion, one of the greatest of all time. 
Um, but he's coming off the bench, and it is a it is a different world. Um, he is set to be a free agent, right? This is the end of his deal. Yeah, he's you know that's an additional layer to the pressure he's put on his shoulders this year. Not just trying to get the Warriors back to the standard they've established over the last ten years, but also play at a high enough level to secure himself his last big contract, really. So, but this is it, right? I mean, we're seeing the end of Clay Thompson, one final run here with the Warriors. I would, I would believe so. Now, you hope that he can reinvent himself in, in this role and establish value where you're not just you're kind of paying him for previous service. You know, because if you actually look at what he's doing on the court right now, you know, he's uh, maybe a full tax payer, mid-level exception type of player. Uh, if he can reinvent himself, and he mentioned the name manager nobly as someone he wants to embody in this six-man role moving forward, uh, then, then perhaps he would be, you know, worthy of, of the type of contract. But, you know, he wants to get paid the way that Draymond Green was paid last summer. And, you know, you talk about all the faults that Clay's had this year for the team. He's been available, unlike Draymond. And, you know, if you want to play the comparison game, then wouldn't he also be worthy of getting that one last big contract to be a part of whatever Mike Dunleavy can do to allow Steph Curry to try to make one last, you know, bite at the apple because four championships is one conversation. And I mean, no one's going to take anything away from your career, but if you get to five and six. I mean, you, you are in, in really hollowed ground in NBA history and rarefied air, obviously here. All right. You mentioned Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid here. Um, Dave McMiniman, what is his timeline? Do we have any idea when he could be back? So we're, you know, obviously the NBA schedule is just a vortex and it's hard for me to remember days sometimes or what city I'm in. But I think we're roughly two weeks removed from the meniscus surgery that he underwent. Um, and so we're talking about an update about a month from now. Uh, you know, let's say things are looking good at that point. You assume at least a two-week ramp up at that point. So if everything goes as well as can be, he could return to the court with about three weeks left to go in the regular season, which one would think would be enough time to get your rhythm back and kind of uh, acclimate himself to some of the the new pieces that the Sixers picked up at the trade deadline uh, and be in a decent place heading into the playoffs. But uh, again, if things don't look good, if things aren't coming along as the team would hope, you almost have to wonder, because we've seen teams do this with stars in the past, where they think it's not worth it, and we're going to try to allow the player to have the full, you know, offseason to rehab it as well, and the Lakers, excuse me, the Sixers just kind of punt on the season and wait for next year. I was going to ask you an MVP question, but let me do this final question here. Let's say that does happen. Um, is there... Is there any league concern in a day and age in, in which we're concerned about players and load management taking nights off? If a player comes back or, or he should be back from an injury and they just decide to shut him down in this day and age? It's a fair question. I, I think this is kind of the slippery slope the league has created for themselves in managing injuries that, you know, 
how are you actually to tell a team's medical staff that you don't believe them or that their information isn't as good as your information when you're the outsider as the league? And so I have a hard time believing, considering that we know that for sure in this instance there was a medical procedure that happened, uh, that the league would have any jurisdiction to um, – you know, point to an accelerated timeline for an injury recovery, right? If, if maybe if there was no surgery uh, or, the, you know, it was just a, a rest situation, perhaps the league could have a leg to stand on. But I think considering that, you know, he went under the knife, it's kind of all bets are off and you have to wait to see how his body will, will recover and respond. Yeah, it's a fascinating situation because if a team is in a position where it's like, listen, I mean, we're not going to make the playoffs. Sixers aren't in that. But, like, we're not going to make the playoffs. Why Why risk further injury? Let's give this guy an offseason. Let's shut him down. It, it shouldn't be a big deal, but in the same age, it, it's viewed a lot differently. Regardless, McMiniman, um, it, was, uh, it was an honor to have you, as always. But more importantly, I know you're a busy man, and we're juggling schedules here. So thanks for hopping on the phone. Don't, don't have too much fun in Indianapolis. And uh, tell the NBA to, to, uh, you know, to, to make sure it's still there when we roll in for the NFL in two weeks. I'll, I'll, I will like hide something in St. Elmo's for you. Oh, oh, amazing! Whoa. Ooh, <laughs> Dave McMiniman hiding a bottle of cocktail sauce, maybe downstairs in the private room. Because I have no doubt that you're a private room at Elmo's downstairs kind of guy. Well done. We'll see what type of we'll see what type of uh, table Woj gets for us. <laughs> okay, there you go, there you go. Thanks, Dave. Have a good time see this you weekend. Right. Thanks, guys. Dave McMiniman from uh, ESPN. Going back to the uh, the injury thing, I hadn't thought of that, but like, let, let's say legitimately, let's say it isn't the Sixers because let's check the standings here. Sixers are in the East. I mean, they're not out of it. Obviously, they are. They're five. Okay, they're in it. They're above the cut line. I mean, they're they're fine above the playoff line, the play in line, whatever. But let's say, let's say he played for Brooklyn, right? And they're not in it. But you come back, or you could come back, like you are well past the the normal recovery period for an injury. And the team just goes, hey, he's 32. Making up a number here, random player, player X. He's 32. Right, we're just gonna shut him down. Mm-hmm. There's no need to force him back. Right? Does that run afoul of the NBA's new world and new new concern and new rules about load management and shutting people down and giving fans what they paid for? How would that factor? Because like Matthew Stafford two years ago, interesting conversation. He could have come back, and they weren't tanking. But the Rams made the decision. Hey, like, we're not going anywhere. Matthew is, what, 30, whatever he was at that point. His body has taken a beating. He has never had a, like, a full extended offseason where he can truly get healthy. Truly. We're going to give it to him. And look, it paid off. Look at what a healthy Matthew Stafford did last year. He's balling. Great draft class as well. Yep. You know, reworked the coaching staff. Great management. Great coaching. Everyone had a hand in the Rams revival in a year in which everyone thought they were tanking. Hit hit on Puka, that helps. Absolutely. You hit on Puka, Steve Avila, Byron Young.
Jacoby Turner, you hit and hit and hit yep. and hit in the draft. Absolutely. Less need, you get credit. Sean McVay, you get credit for coaching those guys up as well with your new staff. But would Matthew Stafford have been that rested and ready and and good in 2023 if he had limped his way through Week 18 last year? I don't know. It paid off for the Rams. Nobody from the league office was thinking, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're messing with it. You can't do this, right? NBA and NFL are different sports, I realize, but some of the same things apply. It'd be an interesting case study here if an NBA team decides to shut down a big-name player just because they are totally out of it and this guy's body can't take it anymore. But he's not really injured. Anyway, I digress. Coming up in 20 minutes here on the Rich Eisen Show. Today, not starring Rich Eisen. Bucky Brooks will be here. NFL draft analyst from NFL.com and NFL Network. You're going to be surprised where he has the quarterbacks. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Larry David, uh, we've done this before with you. Yeah. Um, I've got three social situations. You are the judge and jury as to what is done. Okay. okay. Yes. First one is destination weddings. Okay. <laughs> it's already funny. Destination yeah. weddings. <clears throat> I say to my wife, we're going to a destination wedding. We should not give a present because my presence is my present. <clears throat> what do you say, Larry First David? First of all, where is the wedding? How far is it? <clears throat> Another country. Okay, you don't even go. <laughs> you don't go. You don't go. But it's a close family friend. I don't care. I am not flying 14 hours on a plane yes. to somebody's wedding. I'm not going to do that. What The distance from your house that you would... An hour consider. and a half by car. <laughs> That's it. Here's social situation number two for you, Larry David. Sure. So you're going into somebody's house for, let's say, the fight, the Mayweather-McGregor fight. This okay. happened to one of our producers, sure. Ken okay. Trullo, okay? okay. Uh, mm. They brought desserts. Fight ends. Nobody's touched the desserts. They like these desserts. Is it okay to take the desserts home? It's still it's you're, a perishable. You're bringing it to the host, right? That's true. The host saw it. Mm -hmm. It's different if the host didn't see it. Then you could sneak out with it. 
<clears throat> so if the host never saw it, if the you place it on it. the table and there's no note, yeah, that's when you could take it. If you think if you think you're not going to get caught, yeah, then you could take it. Last one for you, Larry LD. Shoes off on a plane. Do you have a problem with somebody on a plane? Taking I have the shoes? big problem with it. Yeah, oh boy. yeah. <laughs> Keep them on. Okay, you know, d d don't make yourself. D it's not your house, all right. You're outside. You're in public. I don't want to. I don't want to see your socks. And uh, God forbid you have a little odor down there. Who needs that, right? And I don't even want to know if you do have it. Exactly. It's close quarters. Come on. <laughs> Take a couple of minutes. Keep your shoes on. Good stuff on the TV there from LD from. From Larry David. Uh, hey, it's Andrew sitting in for Rich. Let me tell you about game time because Brockman and I were talking about going to see golf today. Uh, if you need tickets, like last-minute tickets, it can get frustrating and you're trying to figure out like which is the best app and who's got who's got the better price and like where are these seats actually. I went through this with you too a couple of weeks ago in Vegas. Um, go to game time. Download the game time app and your frustrations uh, disappear for last-minute tickets game time app it's in the app store whether you have one of these you know phones that's named after a fruit or you have one of the other phones <laughs> right fruit. a fruit yep so so download the app from the app store and maybe you can check out the golf or maybe you could check out you know the nba when lebron comes to town or when caitlin clark comes to town now we're talking and better yet i've got a promo code for you it's rich that's actually the code R I C H rich is the promo code. And when you plug it in, you get $20 off your first purchase, download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code rich R I C H redeem that code. Get your 20 bucks off the first purchase game time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So when Larry David was coming back there, rich, uh, when Larry was in studio was going through some social situations, faux pas, thing like that. Things like that. And one of them was feet off or shoes off on a plane. I was coming back from Vegas. Now, full disclosure, this was Sunday morning. I had to come back and do a studio thing for NFL Network here in L.A. So I shipped out on a 6 a.m. Sunday morning, Super Bowl morning from Vegas. United from Vegas back here to LAX. Now, the person... That we're about to show on the screen because I, I put this on the Twitter and on the Instagram. Did not take their footwear off, but I think like cross countless lines. I'm going to paint the picture. Um, I was in the first row of coach, row seven, right behind first class. Did not get upgraded. Mildly disappointing, but it's only a 41-minute flight. <laughs> Mildly disappointing. It's okay. It's a 41-minute flight. I am not one of these I'd people that needs first class on a 41-minute flight. Or it needs it in general. It's always preferred. But I bought my own ticket, right? I'm not buying first class for a 41-minute flight. No, I thought as a 1K yeah, and as a million-mile flyer, I might get it. I didn't get it. It's fine. I digress. Hey, are, we, are we status flexing right now? That might have been a flex, but <laughs> it wasn't a flex. It was more like a, I would have liked wow. it, but it's okay. Because at 6 a.m. when you're boarding at 525, like just, I'm, I'm going to sleep, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. Oh yeah. I was in the front row of coach on the window with the, the bulkhead, the extra leg room. Extra leg room, keep that in mind. Because I need extra leg room, clearly. <laughs> so 
I get on the plane. I am on the window. There is somebody, only person in the row there, in the middle seat. Here's what I see. Go put it on the screen. That's what I see. So when I, I'm about, I'm like, excuse me. So now she's on the aisle because when the door closed, she switched from the middle to the aisle. And this was before we took off. But this is what I see. Exact same pose in the middle seat. I'm on the window. And I say, excuse me. There's a drawbridge there, obviously. So the bridge goes down. Now, I'm assuming that when I take my seat on the window and she's still in the middle because that's her assigned seat, she would keep her feet down, right? No. I sit down on the window. The feet go exactly right up there. And I'm thinking, this must be like a teenager. It's a woman. Like she's, she's pretty tiny. right? She's wearing baggy, baggy sweatpants that seem to be a man's sweatpants, like they're falling off her, right? And she's wearing this massive chief's hoodie, massive, like hood pulled over her head and just on the phone. Like sure. up, 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 Shoe, up to her face. I mean, they look like... Those are Uggs. Those slipper, are Uggs slippers. Okay, Those are Uggs stayed house on, slippers. Though? Stayed on the whole time? They stayed on the whole time. But like so far, like, do you realize how low she has to be in her seat to get your feet that high? Like she is in a pike position pike in position. gymnastics. <laughs> She is jackknifed to get her feet all the way up that wall. This is completely BS. This is shame. Okay. Now, I thought again, when I sat next to her, she would put the feet down. She didn't. She put them up. As soon as the flight attendant, you, you hear the flight attendant close the door, meaning no one else is getting on. Everyone can take it. You know, you don't have to sit next to the person. If there's an empty seat on the other side, she moves to the aisle and puts her feet back up on the wall. And I'm thinking, this must be like a teenager. Right, she's got to be a teenager. And this offended you, why? It didn't offend me, but it, it's it's like, have some class. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, take your feet but off the yeah, damn wall. I, 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 I like, come on. Now, if it had been barefoot, it would be the end of the world. But, like, you're in public. Your feet are three-quarters of the way up the wall. There are other people around you. Now, I thought it was a teenager. Excusable. No. It's 5.30 like, a.m. She, though, at one point, le- she turned her Las head. Vegas. Like, like, this girl was in her 20s. By the way, hot, too, if I might add. Jeez, goodness. Had gosh. the fake <laughs> eyelashes. And I'm thinking, maybe she didn't go home. Maybe she didn't go home. Maybe somebody suggested, like my text chain with my friends, might have just come from work. I understand. <laughs> Thank you. I know you understand, Del Tufo. Wow. wow. What Might have just come from work, which for those of us that have in our younger years gone back and forth LAX to Vegas on that early 6 a.m. flight on Sunday morning, like when you never got a hotel room, you just flew out Saturday afternoon, and then you showed up at the airport at 4, and you had the 6 a.m. Southwest, and you just slept at the gate, and then you heard the noise, and you got on the plane and flew home and went to bed. Like, you know, you've seen people like that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I think if, and then if, I'm like, this woman's like in her mid twenties. Like look, in your mid twenties, how no are slippers, you like doing this? No slippers. How? I think I think you got a beef, but like that doesn't affect you in any way. Who cares? It doesn't affect me. It's just rude. Yeah, it is just so rude. Like it is so like you're in like. Do you not ha- were you not raised better? Were you not raised better? 
How do you know she, she didn't have a, 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 a torn or a oh, twisted stop. ankle she, and she had she, to keep she it was not, she, yeah, was, yeah, right, she was not she elevating was, her she ankle was for an injury. Rest, ice, compression, yeah. elevation. Right. It was it was not it, it did not look like okay. A rice situation. I gotta be honest with you, Andrew, I'm far more offended when out of, you know, hundred and twenty seats on the plane, the one person who decides to recline is in front of me. Which no, 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 no. All, all, all the, the seats recline. I'm much more offended uh-uh. by that than no. this. There's this a button on the chair. Anybody. It works for a reason. Bro, all the I'm seats six, have three, them. I'm 6'3". You're 5'7". Why would you need to recline in my lap? You could recline in the next person's lap. Well, that's me being an a-hole, and I try not to No, be it that. isn't. Everyone's yeah, it got is. the button. It kind of It's is, like so. my dad, who thinks that when the, red, when, the, when the light turns from red to green, everybody should simultaneously hit the gas pedal, and there should be no waiting. Everybody leaves the red light at the same time. That's not realistic. But what is realistic is that everybody on the plane can hit the button and move their chairs back. So when you sit in the last row like Brockman and I got stuck in once, oh, we're just Well, oh, know the map row. better. Okay. No, the there's an app. Our flight there's got an app for each airline. You can move well, your seats. Man, our, canceled, our flight got canceled. We situation. were going to Canton. We were lucky to get on the only flight okay. to get us there. Well, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. Look, she I, was I, not nursing an injury. Would you do that in a doctor's office? Your feet on the wall like that? Yeah, probably. Okay, in a coffee shop. Uh, yeah, why not? All right. If I'm you not, would if not, I'm not do that in a coffee aisle, shop. If I'm not no. blocking would an you aisle, walk into a restaurant and put your feet on the wall like that's that? That's a little different, though, guy. Why is it different? I'm eating on a plane sometimes. Or were you eating at this in this particular? And more, case? more importantly, I'm in an enclosed space where I can't like, like what, no one would do that in a public setting. Other, I agree. Like, no one. Thank you. I agree. That's animal to me. I that's exactly what I said. You're on your own on this one. No, okay. I'm with Andrew. I think That's, if the shoes were off, the shoes it would be a, off, a little that, bit different. But shoes just, are off, it would be a little bit different. Was she like that for the whole 40 minutes? Yes. I Am I offended as no. if it's like the end of the world? No, I'm not. It like, seems like, that way. But I had to take the picture. Because I knew we would talk about it on the show this week, which at that point I did not know that I was doing, but that's irrelevant. Like <laughs> you knew you'd talk you, about you it just somewhere. you would not do it in a coffee shop. You would not, not exactly. do it in a restaurant. Like you would not do it in a doctor's office. You wouldn't do it at work unless it was like behind the door of your own office. Like if you had your own space, you wouldn't do it there. Airplane etiquette is good content. Always. Always. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. I don't know. My friends had fun with it. I can't repeat most of the most of the texts on my group chat with oh, my well, friends when I sent the picture. Group chats, we get it. Yeah. Including one friend, yeah, including one friend who 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 sent his address and said, "Please, please give her my address." See? Oh, oh yes. Uh huh. That would be the Del Tufo move. That was probably me. No, wasn't you. <laughs> Although it would have been you. Bucky Brooks that. up next. It would have been him. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.